Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. You think it's hard to shift the sales culture in your organisation. Imagine how hard it is to shift at a country level the idea that corruption is acceptable or inevitable or something that you can't fix and then have your organisation want to step out from that kind of culture and say, no, we're going to set the benchmark even higher. Imagine the challenge of that. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Online and the GRC Professional Magazine. And today, once again, we have Naomi Burley, our Managing Director. Hi, Naomi. Hello, Kwame. So the last time we had you on the podcast, it was you and Carol discussing um, conflicts of interest, part A and part B. But today is going to be uh, something a little bit different. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the recent IFCA meeting. I know, um, we're going international this time. Yeah, there we go. So I, I guess a bit of a reminder, what is IFCA? Okay, so IFCA is the International Federation of Compliance Associations, nice old-fashioned acronym. Um, we were one of the founding members of IFCA um, some years ago when Martin Toller was the managing director, and it was Ireland, South Africa, um, and ourselves initially, and extended very quickly to uh, the Swiss and the US um, equivalent associations. Uh, we um, provide connectedness between associations like ourselves for compliance professionals in particular um, and we look for the preeminent association in the country to uh, connect with um, as part of that federation. Now surprisingly enough um, in some countries there are multiple associations for uh, compliance. That wouldn't be surprising in the US but in Switzerland there's like about five different associations so um, it's, it's interesting to actually see what people are doing internationally. Uh, so I think last year you were in Spain. Um, you were, that was and, great. <laughs> and I think we covered that a bit of that in the podcast last year, just before the conference. So yes. do the same thing again, you know, what, what were some of the key topics? Okay, so this so, year we met in Johannesburg. Yeah. Um, and what we try and do is that we, ha we have a teleconference every two months, sometimes a little bit more frequently to keep building up. It's, you know, as people who work in associations will appreciate, it's really difficult to even get the momentum up within your own country. Nonetheless, then reconnect internationally and try and coordinate activities. So it's been a little bit of a slow build. The first easy win was having a look at each other's education programs and seeing whether there was equivalence, if we can raise the standard internationally, what we need to do there. Um, so that's continued to be um, a core objective of IFCA, but we've also, um, under our current chair, wanted to extend the membership and make sure that we are providing a dual focus. We are also bringing into the fold um, fledgling uh, associations in developing countries mm. to help them get up to speed um, as fast as they need to go because we all know everything's moving much faster so there's no point them languishing and spending what it took us um, 21 years to do mm -hmm. uh, we try and help get them up to speed a little bit faster than that and help them get the membership out there so we've got some interesting new members um, in uh, Nigeria and in Peru joining the association so um, it, it will join the federation and so it's really interesting to have a chat with them obviously the very very uh, beginner phase there as an association with a very small membership but they've immediately recognized that what they need is to get training and education out there to people 
who are working in organisations to try and get them up to speed and their needs are really imperative in those countries to get uh, their compliance and risk management programs up to scratch. Right, so I imagine it was a bit of discussion about some of their needs and some of the issues they've been seeing. Could you give a sense of what some of those issues are? Yeah, look, it is, and and it's really interesting. In Australia, we're sort of complaining about going through a a, um, banking rule commission and how much work that is, but you then get a little bit more into focus when you're talking to countries where corruption at a political level is a really um, important issue. Obviously, as a compliance person, that's not part of your remit, but it's something you're working within a huge cultural shift. If you think it's hard to shift the sales culture in your organisation, imagine how hard it is to shift at a country level the idea that corruption is acceptable or inevitable or something that you can't fix and then have your organisation want to step out from that kind of culture and say, no, we're going to set the benchmark even higher. Imagine the challenge of that. Mm -hmm. And we're talking in some of those countries about people's lives. Um, So it's not simply a matter of um, a facilitation fee. We are talking about vested interests who are prepared to kill people um, to maintain the status quo. There you go. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So pretty important stuff, really. And, you know, it's like we've always said here, compliance and risk management are integral to organisations. They're continually undervalued by their organisations. And the really interesting part is that when we schedule these meetings, the host country uh, often schedules it before they're going to have their equivalent of our annual conference. And sitting through the South African one, um, you you visit South Africa and you think, well, this is really amazing. They've got plenty of resources. They have a long history. You know, they've obviously come out of apartheid. It's, you know, a fascinating country. When you look at their state of play at corruption at a political level and the point in history where they're at, where they may not be able to extract extract some essential services from that dynamic of conflict um it's it's really interesting uh to see sort of lessons learned and it's it doesn't take much for that kind of um that kind of practice and cultural to take hold right and and of course you happen to be there just in time for some (laughs) anti-foreigner riots i think so yes yes when you've got 38 percent um unemployment level in a country you know, it's we we've seen it. The, yeah. the focus becomes on immigration, and yeah. it's a it's a continent of really little countries with not very well um, guarded borders, and it's really easy to not recognise that other bigger cultural changes need to take place. But but yeah, interesting times. Uh, so I, I guess we've already touched on some of the sort of I guess nuanced issues that some other jurisdictions are probably seeing. What are some of the similarities that we're seeing between ourselves and some of our counterparts? The similarities are really, really astonishing. So even in the developing countries, um, they have recognised either through conversation or just through the practice of trying to develop a compliance framework, the kind of skill set you're looking at. So the commonalities across our education programs has been very, very organic. It hasn't sort of been Australia or Ireland or any of the leaders in this space stepping in and going, you must have this and you must have that. They've they've embraced the um, international standard for compliance frameworks. They've embraced the international risk management standard and they have built their education programs around those. Obviously, there is often a country-centric focus around any anti-money laundering or corruption or, or, you know, any of those pertinent issues or financial licensing, if that's what they need to do. Um, But the essential core principles-based at the backbone of the course is very, very common. And that's, you know, both heartening and and kind of surprising. Mm. Um, 
And so they've they've actually jumped in at quite a mature level because this, as you know, Australia developed the first compliance standard. So they've been able to piggyback off that work internationally um, and arrive at a, at a space several steps ahead of where we had to start um, all those years ago with developing the whole idea of even what a compliance framework was. And, I mean, what kind of feedback are they getting from regulators? You know, it's funny, just earlier today I'm talking to a lawyer in a private practice who talks about that disconnect between regulators and the compliance profession and not enough of an acknowledgement. Is, are we seeing that in the other jurisdictions as well? Not not in the same way as Australia, which I find really interesting. Um, in a lot of the other countries, they have really embraced the compliance professional. Regulators have really embraced yeah. and government have really embraced compliance professionals as leaders in um, uh, managing conduct and risk conduct. Yeah. Um, as opposed to looking at risk managers, um, which we have done more so in Australia. So it's it's a, it's interesting in the other countries. I think there's been, in a lot of those other regions, there's been better recognition of the fact that a compliance framework has been from day one dealing with behaviours and conduct and poor choices uh, made in that area before um, you started in with uh, conventional risk management um, processes or had a chief risk officer. So, yeah, there's been a little bit more recognition internationally, I think. However, that's one of the core objectives of IFCA is to have that consistently viewed. Um, going to the OECD and going to things like the G20 is, is a long-term objective for IFCA and representing our interests. We're representing IFCA on the international standard review um, because we feel that it's valuable to have that international perspective on it and um, uh, from a professional capacity I think as I've mentioned before we're the only actual compliance body that's on the ISO standard uh, working group as opposed to there are there are certainly individuals like Bill mm. D who are very experienced compliance professionals um, and he's been involved with Standards Australia but in terms of a professional association representative we're the only one that has compliance in its title. All right and anything else you'd like to add on about IFCA? Yeah. I think that um, all, for all of our CCP and CCRP members don't forget that that is a cross-recognised internationally recognised qualification it's certainly proved um, valuable for our partner um, federation members. We've had some members move over to Australia and, and contact us and let us know that they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, it works both ways. Mm-hmm. So if you are thinking of visiting Ireland, Spain, uh, South Africa, Argentina, uh, Switzerland, the US, any of other, other, our other IFCA members, then let us know before you go and we can provide introductions um, on your behalf and uh, make use of your IFCA network as well. We're out there. The end result is meant to benefit GRCI members as well as all the other association members. Um, Otherwise, it's not worth the time that we're putting into it. And that's sort of front of mind all the time. So um, you'll be seeing a few more articles shared. We'll be getting the IFCA website a little bit more active and then feeding that back to the GRCI website. And it's worth having a little bit of a look of at how they approach that and some of the really nice documents that some of the other associations have produced as well. All right. Well, thank you very much, Naomi. You're very welcome. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute and the music was produced by Rob Neary.